1: Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler show you what it takes to become a top 10% performer in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler.
2: Welcome to Leadership Development News profiles and practices of top performers. I'm Dr. Rowan Adler and we have my co-host Dr. Kathy Greenberg on the phone. She'll join us just in a moment. And Kathy and I are your leadership development coaches. We have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. And we always have great guests. Today we have Mary Lynn uh, Heldman. Let me tell you about Mary Lynn. We'll tell you also tell you a little bit more about her uh, further on the show. But right now, Mary Lynn has over 30 years of experience as a leadership organizational development consultant. She is an author and a guest uh, specialist on programs including Oprah Winfrey. She also is the founder of Future First Consulting Group and is a principal of the Mark Cunningham Group known for the unique Achieve Program. That's going to be the focus uh, today is hearing a little bit more about the Achieve Program. Let me just say, and you know this, that Kathy and I, we always want to bring you the best and current leadership topics, interviews with proven leaders, and provide evidence-based best practices to help you develop more leaders in your organization. And Kathy, welcome to the call.
3: Thank you, Raleigh, and I am delighted today to be sharing with our listeners um, all about a program called Achieve, and Mary Lynn is going to speak to that in just a few minutes. So before we get started, I wanted to make sure that everybody is on track with us as we uh, go into a new subject matter on why we do these shows. And many of you know that leaders are the heartbeat of, well, not every organization, but any organization. And most leaders just don't understand how important it is that they are the leaders, act like the leaders, and set the tone and influence others around them. And they and their teams will perform so much better if they just do a few things differently. And we can really dramatically improve your performance and the leaders around you by just doing a few things. And one of those things we're going to talk about today is performance, and Marilyn Lynn Heldman is going to help us talk about that, so please stay tuned. In the meantime, you know that each and every one of our shows helps you develop more leaders in your organization as well as developing yourself, because the more you know about yourself, the more you can help others. We also talk about what happy companies know about performance and, of course, Relly's sweet spot, emotional intelligence and positive psychology strategies for helping you be your best. We always talk about brain and neuroscience contributions to top performance because whatever we're doing, we're talking about behavior, and that always includes how you use your brain. We always talk about something that helps you strategically manage yourself or your boss and be your best, and we will try. The, you know many, many times to include distinctions for you um, as a listener on how to lead recognizing that there are also generation and gender differences that can influence work life balance practices. So today we're going to focus on performance, and we're going to talk about tools and tips that hopefully in today's
4: program you can take away and use immediately. So Mary Lynn, would you like to say hello? Certainly. I'm, uh, hello, everybody. I'm certainly happy to join you today. Oh, great. Now, before we bring Mary Lynn on, I want to just uh,
3: hand this back to Raleigh for a minute, because you know we feel that leadership is important, and it is a science. So, Raleigh, why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the facts
2: and figures behind leadership mm-hmm. development? Well, thanks, Kathy, and I think like you're saying, there is a lot of research, and it's not just, you know, mm-hmm. theory is good, but research and theory is even better about what makes a uh, top performer. So we know that leaders have anywhere between 50 to 70% influence over the climate of their team. And we also know that emotions are contagious. So the leader is the emotional thermostat for their team. So they really set the tone. They set uh, the performance features for their team. And to be a star performer is someone that we define as being in the top 10%. You know, so someone who exceeds expectations, and one of the keys to be in the top 10% is emotional intelligence. When compared to how smart someone is and their technical expertise, a lot of the researchers showed that emotional intelligence has anywhere from 66% up to about 85 or 90% of the success factors that allow someone to move up the corporate ladder. And if you or the people that you develop, if you can get them into this top 10%, it's it's a real tipping point, meaning that. If you, someone's in the top 10%, they're able to produce twice as much revenue to the organization as managers in the 11th through the 89th percentile. And a lot of research on training shows that training adds to the bottom line as far as productivity as much as 22%. But if you add training and coaching, both Kathy and I are certified coaches, so you bring the coaching in, then uh, there's a bigger bump about 88% in productivity when you have training and coaching. And often... You can bring coaching into your organization in just a day and having folks come in and talk about, uh, how their managers can be, uh, a coach. And from some of Kathy's research, studies show that happiness is tied to profit by more than 93%. And so some of the keys that you will hopefully you'll get from today are there are a few things, micro initiatives that can make a macro impact. So a few things that you could do differently. For more information about Dr. Kathy Greenberg, her website is www.h2cleadership. For her happiness books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership and coaching services. For more information about me, Dr. Rowley Nadler, my website is www.truenorthleadership. For emotional intelligence books, tools, some free EI assessments, speaking keynotes, leadership and coaching boot camps. So Kathy, you want to tell us a little bit more about uh, Mary Lynn, and we'll. We'll jump off from there.
3: I would love to, and it's an honor to be able to speak with Mary Lynn today. We were introduced by a mutual friend and probably uh, well-known to many of our listeners, uh, Marshall Goldsmith. Uh, Mary Lynn Heldman has 30 years of experience as a leadership and organizational development consultant. She is co-founder of Future First Consulting Group and a principal of the Mark Cunningham Group, she contributed to the development of and is certified in the Unique Achieve program which she's going to tell well she's not going to tell us what's in the Achieve program but she's going to talk to us about what the Achieve program does. So I'm very excited to learn today and I know that you will be too. Achieve is an organizational methodology. It is a systematic approach to sustaining high levels of performance and results. And Mary Lynn is experienced in high-level executive coaching coaching teamwork. She is an executive coach, obviously, and does a lot of executive consulting. She is um, someone who is very, very well-versed in facilitation and education and group dialogue. Mary Lynn is a regular columnist for Working Mother magazine, and she is the author of the Valentine book titled, When Words Hurt, How to Keep Criticism from Undermining Your Self-Esteem. A significant portion of this book is based on the communication feedback curricula that Mary Lynn developed and taught in numerous Fortune 200 companies. She is a lecturer and keynote speaker and has been a guest specialist on several radio and TV programs, including the Oprah Winfrey Show. Mary Lynn has coached CEOs, presidents, vice presidents, and director-level executives at several Fortune 500 companies, medium and large sized enterprises. A partial client list, and it can go on for pages, so I'm only going to hit the high notes here, are American Express, Avon, Budget Rent-A-Car, Golden Eagle Insurance Company, Innova, Oh, Johnson & Johnson, Kodak, National Westminster Bank, the U.S. Postal Service, Texaco, Verizon, Wyatt Pharmaceuticals, I could go on and on. Um, she's an amazing, wonderful executive coach, and I know you're going to love her. Welcome to the show, Mary Lynn.
4: Well, thank you for that warm welcome. Thank you, Kathy.
2: So, Marilyn, what we uh, typically like to start off is try to get into some of the uh, formative features that, that may have uh, allowed you to be who you are and bring what you do to organizations. And so with that, we always like to ask who have been some of the most influential people, thinkers in your life career, and they, how they may have shaped some of your work today.
4: Well, um, I would say, I have to say my father, because he had such wonderful integrity, but nobody knows who he is, so I'll move on from there. Um, uh, Deepak Chopra has, mm. has really influenced my thinking a great deal. Uh, what I really could understood at a very deep level after reading quite a lot of uh, Chopra's work is the true creative nature that we have as human beings that we can, in fact, create our future. Um, and he talks about bringing it from the unmanifest to the manifest. So the first company um, before Mark Cunningham Group um, that I co-created was um, was uh, Future First, and it, it really influenced looking and helping people get very clear about the future that they wanted to create and then the steps to take to make that happen. So I would say he's had a profound effect. Um, Thich Nhat Tong, the uh, Buddhist monk who wrote the uh, classic Mindfulness, um, I think has really been uh, very formative for me. It helps me, it has helped me and help others um, quiet our minds and get present and be in the moment. And that's where we need to be effective. Uh, what we tend to do is we allow our brains and our minds to take us to the past where we had bad experiences or worry about the future. So we aren't able to really be present and do our best in the present. So I would say those two would be the ones that I would pick. Thich Nhat and Deepak Chopra.
3: Beautiful. Let me ask you this question, Mary Lynn. You know, many of our, many of our listeners want to know, how guests like yourself get their ideas to to start a company to begin with you know it's you've you've talked about taking something and manifesting it and being mindful and being in the moment and i'm sure many people would want to understand how to do that but do you think being an entrepreneur that entrepreneurs are natural leaders and and can anybody
4: start a company well i think anybody can well can anybody uh start a company um I think there are some people that choose not to want to really do things. They don't want to think about and conceive things. So they're not interested in starting companies. They really do help the people who get them started, uh, you know, do what it takes to keep them going. I, I think people who are creative, very extremely innovative and creative, the entrepreneurs, um, they're the ones who make connections who build often from from just their experience. The, the the way that the Achieve program was designed was it was designed from based on the frustration of an athlete who was training for the Olympics and found that his performance was good on some days and not on the others. Based on that experience He worked very hard to understand performance, and he, you know, spent many years, but he designed the Achieve program, and much of it is, it hasn't really been done before. So that's truly a creative process.
3: Well, I think what we'd love to do when we come back from break is talk a little bit about your book, and then how this person that you're talking about um, achieved his goals or her goals, and... um, If we can just ask our listeners to stay tuned. You're listening to Leadership Development News. So come right back.
1: We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Doctors Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now,
2: let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. Today... Yeah, we're talking with Mary Lynn Heldman. We're about ready to get into uh, some of her applied techniques. And and one of the books um, we wanted to check in with you, Mary Lynn, about was a book that you wrote, When Words Hurt, How to Keep Criticism from Undermining Your Self-Esteem. And it looks like it's about uh, self-respect and how do you estimate yourself. Um, So maybe you can tell us a little bit, what, what are some of the highlights of that book?
4: Well, um, I would say the highlight of that book um, is based on the premise that, that criticism represents a threat to us. So we respond either by retreating or defending ourselves or by attacking. So it's either fight or flight. And that's an automatic response, mm. um, and it's based on survival. The key is, if we didn't look at criticism as a threat, we wouldn't have to survive it. So uh, what we really, what the, the, the major point of the book, I, at least in the beginning, is for, for you to change the way you relate to criticism, change your relationship to criticism. We have a negative relationship to criticism, which means we don't like it, we feel threatened, we are put on the spot, and you change that mindset by looking at criticism as something that you can listen to, um, thank people for, and then use it or not use it. It doesn't mean if you get a piece of criticism and you don't agree, you don't need to um, you know, follow up and, and take that criticism and change based on it. But what you do want to do is to have an adult-to-adult conversation and not Get into defensiveness or into counterattacking. Um, so if you look at criticism as an opportunity rather than a liability, just that changing the way you interpret criticism in the first place will help you change your response to criticism so that you can have a parent, you know, an adult to adult conversation and use it when it's appropriate.
3: I couldn't agree with you more it's interesting how we I call them inner voices, how we often are our worst own you know enemies because we we say things um, when we should be our best cheerleaders um, so on that note, can you tell us a little bit about the background of achieve and and how what you did in the past relating to this wonderful book um, has now evolved into something that's more creative and helpful probably than you could have imagined.
4: Well, what I certainly realized um, based on the research that I did for the, the book over, you know, a couple of years and observing people is that when we feel negative, when we feel threatened, we don't, we don't really behave at our best. We don't perform at our best. So when, when we're threatened, our reaction is often negative. The, the premise is that the way we feel has a great deal to do with the way we perform. Earlier you were talking about emotional intelligence and the emotional thermostat. The Achieve program is really based on the cornerstone of Achieve and it was designed by an athlete, uh, my son, who um, came into the business with me even while, while he was training for the Olympics. Um, but he was feeling extremely frustrated at times when his performance didn't, um, didn't match his capacity. Uh, he trained with the best coaches and athletes, and the coaches felt that he had the capacity to go to the Olympics. Um, but there were times when he went on the field that he would choke up or he'd feel frustrated, and his performance would suffer. So he got keenly interested in really looking at all of the, the elements that affect our performance day to day and week to week, and that's how Achieve was born. So this is something that was really created over a number of years, Born out of frustration, um, but but actually now uh, has been implemented in several, many, many Fortune 100 companies um, on all levels. Uh, it's uh, used by individual leaders, by their teams, and then whole functions and parts of the organization. So, um, but I always like to tell people if you're feeling frustrated and. And down, you have to just stick with it because, um, you know, your head will come up and, and you'll make some, you'll make more of it, actually, uh, which is what, which is what Achieve did. So it was, it was designed to optimize performance moment to moment. And I would say that what most people get from this that we work with, um, is after we've been working with them for anywhere from, Three to six months in coaching, uh, by and large, what they say is, I'm getting more done and it's easier and I feel happier. So, uh, Kathy, to your, uh, you know, your whole program on happiness and performance, we're very much aligned there because when you feel positive, so the basis of the program is, um, and we give you tools to be more positive on a regular basis. Um, the the basis of the program is when you're positive, your performance accelerates by 15 to 20%, and the level of your performance. So what we do is we have about 14 elements in the program um, that help people to be more unconditionally positive under pressure. So even when the sky is falling, that they can remain grounded and confident and clear. And that's a big part of the the, the program.
2: Well, we want to um, get into into some of the specifics about this because it is really ties into also in some of the EI models around self-management, which really is this uh, how do we manage, take care of ourselves. You mentioned uh, Deepak Chopra, and I remember seeing this, I think the first place I saw this, he was the one that said that we have something like 50,000 Sentences, you know, or thoughts a day, which come out in sentences every day, and of those fifty thousand, somewhere about ninety, ninety-five percent are the exact same thoughts that we had yesterday. So you're really dealing with some very conditioned responses of how we're interpreting the world and stuff. So I'm interested in hearing about some of the basic things that we can learn, um, you know, about the Achieve program because I imagine it hits a lot of the thought process that's going to allow people to feel more positive about things.
4: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I think probably the the best way to do this is if I could actually sh- show you a tool. Does that Sure. that that, that we does. demonstrate to people. Yeah. Uh remember um what we're looking at is how do you remain unconditionally positive when you're under pressure mm-hmm. or when you have perhaps made a mistake or failed? Um, because that's the moment when you need to be at your best. And And, you know, when we work with a group or an individual, people agree, yes, my performance is so much better when I'm feeling good versus when I'm feeling bad, when I'm feeling positive versus negative. And Mm. positive doesn't mean happy and smiling. In our language, positive means grounded, focused, energized. Capable. Capable, exactly. Confident. So how do, you, how do you get there? And I'll share one of, um, one of the tools that we use. We call it the 90-10 phenomenon. Um, we'll ask uh, people in a group, if you've just given a uh, presentation and you get 90% right, but you get pushback on 10% of uh, the people in the audience, and you're driving home in your car, what do you think about when you're driving home in your car? you're thinking about the the 90 or the 10. Mm
3: -hmm.
4: And I'll give people two seconds so they can come up with their own answers. And generally what people say is that I think about the 10%. That's me. When I'm driving home in the car. So the next question is, and I'd like you to write this down on the left-hand side of the page the next question is...
3: I'm sorry, I'm answering this as though you're talking to me. I yes, hope the whole audience perfect. is doing this, Riley.
4: I hope I'm that's not overshadowing perfect. your answers <laughs> Okay, I so write down, okay. Kathy, on the left-hand side of the page, if you're driving home in your car, focused on that 10%, how might you be feeling? What are the feelings that are coming up? And can you give them to me? Yes, Um you're focused on that 10%, all yeah. the pushbacks. You didn't have the answer. For me, it's like I feel sad. I feel like I disappointed people. Mm-hmm. Um, I
3: feel like I want to go back and, and tell them that I'm sorry and I want to try again.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, do you feel frustrated because you didn't get it, do you think? Yeah,
3: and then I start, after I go through the frustration, I start thinking about, well, if I
4: practice this, Judgmental, you you know, I I you're I, judging right. yourself. I exactly. didn't get it. I did it wrong. Right. I should have. Right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, self-judgment. How about confidence? I f- here's, this is the funny thing about me. I feel confident that I can shift them if I get another chance. Okay. Now, what I did is I wrote down four feeling words that are abs- absolute feelings that you were experiencing. Sad, disappointed, frustrated, judgmental. But when we feel judgmental, what do we focus on? We focus on this shouldn't have happened versus acceptance, which is this happened, now what am I going to do about it?
3: Mm-hmm.
4: So there you are driving home in the car feeling this, what we call this, the left-hand column. It's the negative side. Now, this is my question. Why do you think we focus on that 10% driving home in the car? Why do you focus on the 10% when you're driving home in the car? Well, for me, it's because I, I wanted so much to make other people successful or feel good about the experience. Okay. So you want you want to make other people feel good. So you're focusing on that. So do you think by focusing on the 10%, you're going to get it right the next time? It's going to help you get better? Probably not. I should focus more on
3: the the stuff I did right.
4: Yeah. But what, what do you think most people say when people are dry, and this is, this is very fundamental to what Mark discovered, is that we focus on the negative because we think it's going to help us. Right. No, absolutely. To help us get better. Yeah, absolutely.
3: When okay. we know that focusing on our weaknesses is the worst thing we should be doing. But we do right. it. And I do it. I know Well, I do. Yeah, exactly. Really? So, are you tracking here? Are you um, on the same
2: thing? Yeah, yeah. I'm on the same thing. So <laughs> the other thing I, that I heard, Mary Ellen, that you're saying, why you focus on 10%, it really is relational. And the things that Kathy said, and for myself too, you let people down. You're discouraging yourself. It's embarrassing. It, it, there's a big relational
4: mm mm-hmm. mhm, yeah, I feel well, you actually it's embarrassing, I feel embarrassed, mm-hmm. so you actually feel see what we get in touch with is the actual feelings that you're feeling when you focus on that ten percent. The other important piece of this is you focus on the ten percent to help you now. We have wired into us either a a positive feeling response or a negative feeling response. We can't feel them both at the same time. What the opposite of sad would be happy. The opposite of disappointed would be feeling accomplished instead of a disappointment. The opposite of frustrated is grounded. And the opposite of judgmental is accepting. So what you've just done is you, you feel negative But if you were feeling good, look at those positive feelings you'd be feeling. Right. This
3: is, like, so spot on, and I'm sure our listeners are getting it. But we're going to take a quick break. I don't want to lose the thought process. We'll come right back to this. You're listening to Leadership Development News, and we're talking to Mary Lynn Heldman about the Achieve program. So come right back.
1: Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now, toll free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
6: Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350 percent? At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Company's Healthy People to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com.
2: What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Bacilli, radio to thrive by.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Doctors Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show.
2: Welcome back to Leadership Development News. Today we're talking with uh, Mary Lynn Heldman. We're just going through some of her Achieve program, where if you're interested, you can go to her website, www.achieveprograms.com. She's just uh, finishing up on the first tool, uh, Mary Ellen, which was the ninety ten. Mm-hmm. And so maybe go through again just some of those. If we're focusing on the 10%. The negative part, we're trying to help ourselves. But so what's, what should someone do instead?
4: Okay, so what, what I do want you to see, primarily, is that when we focus subconsciously, our subconscious tells us over and over again that by focusing on that 10%, I'm going to get better. But what, what's really important that you see in black and white when you look at your page, when you're focusing on that 10%, we wrote the feelings down in the left-hand column. You're feeling sad, disappointed, frustrated, and judgmental. You're judging yourself rather than accepting that you made a mistake and then you move on or that you only, you know, you missed 10%. So what? I missed 10%. So what, what you do is you've created an environment. You're generating a negative environment. And what's clear is we perform less well when we're negative than when we're feeling positive. So And yet, what we do it for is to get better. So what, the connection that's really important to make, and once you understand it, you tend not to do this as much, is the connection you want to make is that if I focus on the negative to get better, I actually put myself into a negative state, and my performance is not as effective. So what do I want to do? I want to look at the 90% and look at what went well, and we also tell our folks, even if that is... 49% versus 51%. You want to look at the 49% that went well so that you put your, you create an emotional state for yourself that is more productive and more positive. And from there, then you look at what didn't go well, but you're, you're looking at it from a positive framework, which means you're going to perform better. You're going to think better. Your brain functions better, and the neuroscientists have demonstrated this to us, your brain functions better when you're feeling good versus bad, when you're feeling positive versus negative. And yet, we put ourselves into that negative spot over and over again. So for this tool, you want to remember the 90-10 is that you want to first focus on what's going well and then tackle and expand on what's going well and then tackle the gap, but don't go to the gap first because you're going to create negative energy. And do this with your teams as well as leaders because the leaders that we work with say, we always do that. We always pull the team together and right away we, went, we go to what didn't go well, never thinking that we actually create an environment in which we're just not as, um, we're not performing at our best. Remember, we're talking about peak performance not normal performance. This isn't normal performance. These tools are really based on peak performance.
2: Mary Ellen, just on this, do you have them evaluate the performance? Because I know many people and athletes um, may think, well, you know, this gets me motivated. This is how I improve. And and I I agree with you, it's outdated, doesn't work. But that may be one of the rationales that they, you know, from, they think they've been successful. So how do you bring up uh, the performance, you know, to really well manager, you
4: kind of. you bring it up eventually eventually you bring it up but you you first focus on what went well mark uh the athlete trained with um, one of the best coaches he he coached the fastest man and and mark was coaching with this fellow mm-hmm. and all that coach would do and he was a, a premier coach and mark was wondering what is this all about is he would keep the time they go out and run every day and all he told them he said good good run Now go, rest up the rest of the day, come back tomorrow and do your best. Come back tomorrow and do your best. So he had them each day. He had them doing their best. But he was not, and he said, I'll take care of watching the numbers. I just want you to perform at your best. I want your focus on your performance.
3: So he never asked him. What he felt about his performance, and he never judged that performance. He never judged
4: the performance.
3: Come back and do your best tomorrow. Come
4: back and do your best. So as leaders, we judge, and we don't like it, and it was wrong, Mm -hmm. but that's negative energy. So what you want to do is you want to just focus on doing your best, and you're going to have bad days, but you want to do your best on a bad day. That's one of the tools that we also teach. Do your best on a bad day and then do your best on a good day, but do your best, hmm. and there are going love to be it. bad days. You oh, yeah,
3: to... I love it. And it's so funny because um, the question I really have for you is, so how is the Achieve program applied in corporate America individually and in teams and organizations to support better leaders? Is it easy for them, in your estimation, to get the language thing and to understand saying, come back tomorrow and do your best is so much more important than judging?
4: yes we i mean we we do it on individual team and organizational level. Mm-hmm. so the the program's very scalable. We start with the key leader and in an organization and maybe for what he or she would call pillars of strength. Mm-hmm. but then these principles then we go in and we share all of these principles with the other layers of of management, and we actually take it all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's an that's an online program, and it's a a WebEx and that sort of thing. But the individual teamwork, they they learn the principles and the language, and it starts to work for them. Once someone is in coaching for a month, they feel the difference, and then the people around them feel the difference. So once they they're using some of these tools and able to generate right hand column atmosphere they they see that things come easier because and they it, come easier when you're in the right-hand column. Yeah,
3: and I want to make sure that everybody who's listening gets your website.
4: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: I have it at www.achieveprograms.com. That's right. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure there's a lot more information on the, what do you have, 14 tools yes. that you use? So 14
4: um, elements of elements the program. Okay.
3: Mm-hmm. And um, it, this is very fascinating for somebody who comes from the, School of Positive Psychology and, of course, Raleigh really with Emotional Intelligence. Do you think these leaders, when you're teaching them this Achieve program and the, the importance of the language and the positive emotion, do you think they understand that this
4: requires a shift in their mental model as well as their way of being? Um, I do. I, I don't think they do in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's extremely experiential. So they have to experience it, feel it, and then behave in a way that emulates that shift in feeling mm-hmm. and a lot of the people that we work with are extremely competitive work with a lot of sales organizations and they see their numbers go up and they you know and they just make sure they're on their calls and some of them you know conceptually I don't I don't know that they really break it down and understand It depends. They may not be interested. We've had people who say, "I just want to get on my half-hour call, you know, get engaged, and then and then go put it to practice." Um, So some people understand the fundamentals. Others just are experiencing it, and then they pass it on.
3: And is are there some achieved principles that every leader should or or needs to practice daily?
4: Well, I, I think the major principle is that we are, leaders are generators of the environment. We generate our own our environment. You're going to generate a positive environment or a negative environment, and and we generate the the environment when we walk in the door. So when you're feeling negative and frustrated or angry or or maybe self doubt, that's going to walk in the door with you. Now, we actually have um, developed or Mark developed a six-step process that helps you actually shift um, from the negative to the positive in the moment, only it takes 20 minutes. But it's a six-step process that you can literally shift that feeling. So, you know, I can be working with someone who's angry at the beginning of a call and at the end of the call they're grounded and calm.
3: Is there any way you can share any of that?
4: Well, that that part is a, a bit more difficult to share. I can but, I mean, share with you how yeah. different ways, but mm-hmm. that's that's a process that that takes time and it's an interactive process.
3: Because I know, really, um, you're probably dying to jump in here on the emotional intelligence side of the equation. There are just things we can do physically uh, to change our our, our emotional environment. Um, so, Raleigh, I'd love your comment on that, and then I'd like to comment on what we talk about when we do um, working mothers, because it's so important for them to be able to move quickly from one element to the next. Raleigh, I'd love to hear your
2: comment. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think uh, I'm certainly in, in concurrence with everything that you're saying, Mary-Ellen, especially around, the, like you said, that leaders generate their environment, similar to what we're saying is, is leaders you know, being that emotional thermostat, and goes back into some of the positive psychology research, you know, ideally in the in the organization world of having that 3 to 1 positive to negative interaction. And I think a lot of leaders just kind of unconsciously are looking at performance and uh, you know, I think Barbara Frederickson says 80% of, of folks never reach that 3 to 1 positive uh ratio where I think, you know, using athletes as a model, you know, and they're performing all the time, really zeroing in on on you know, managing their state because that's so critical. Just a question I have. And then maybe we can get to Kathy's question. You mentioned uh, that if they're in a positive state, that they're going to improve in performance in fifteen to twenty by fifteen or twenty percent. I'm just interested. and Maybe I just heard that we're, we're going to go to a break, but maybe when we come back, we can we can hit that and then go to some of Kathy's questions about some of the the research uh, around this fifteen to twenty percent, because some of what you're saying, some people may know. But the motivator part is, oh, so I can improve my performance 15 or 20%. Who wouldn't want to know how to do that? That's right. So, we'll be right back. This is Leadership Development News, and we're going to be talking more about the Achieve program.
5: you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066
6: let kathy greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350 percent? At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Company's Healthy People to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com.
1: you're listening to leadership development news profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts doctors kathy greenberg and Riley nadler we know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask so call us toll free at 1-866-472-5790 that number again is 1-866-472-5790 now let's get back to the show
3: Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're having a really engaging conversation with Marilyn Heldman talking about the Achieve program. And before we went to break, we were talking about the 6-step process from negative to positive and the importance of having a positive predisposition. Going into any environment, so Mary Lynn, we we know that you're not only um, a founder of businesses and this new program called Achieve with with your son Mark Cunningham, but you're also a writer for Working Mother magazine. And I can't help but connect some dots here for our listeners. Many are women, um, single parents, uh, parents living in whole families, but they know that when they leave the home, whether they're male or female, and they go to the workplace, they're they're splitting themselves. There's this. Dichotomy that we create between work and, and life when life is both work and home. And I'm just curious in, in your thinking about this, the six step process from negative to positive. I always talk to working women, working families and working moms about the importance of looking at what they did right that day and focusing on one bright moment, whether it's what they're proud of at work or what they're proud of, you know, relating to their family because today, it's a competitive sport, just raising a family. And we always tell them to focus on one thing they did well. Is that part of this, this six-step process from negative to positive?
4: Well, it's not part of the six-step process, but it is part of the 90-10. Ah. Uh, because what they do is, and it could be 50-50, but what they focus on is where they came up short. You know, I tell the women working mothers I work with, is that you're you're juggling 10 balls and you got them all in the air and you're upset if you drop two right. or three you still have 7 in the air and and so don't expect your yourself to be able to keep 10 balls in the air if you drop one or two you dropped them that's all just keep moving because you've got 7 that are still in the air what we do with the shifting process and it is a sh- feeling shift and i shifted these two feelings with every working mother that i've worked with the feeling of dissatisfied because when they leave work they're dissatisfied because they could stay longer right and then they get home and, and then they get home but what happens is they walk in the door feeling dissatisfied because they still have things on their desk and then so, they also look at all the things down not exactly with, and yeah. look at what they haven't accomplished at home so what you really want to do is shift from dissatisfied to satisfied. This is part of that experiential part of the program that that I just can't go into now. But there is a way to really shift that, and it's a it's a six step process. So that's what's wired in there. So when you leave, but what you, for now for our purposes, just understand that that working mothers and fathers tend to be dissatisfied with what they haven't done versus satisfied with what they've accomplished. Right. And that way they're shortchanging both ends because if they're dissatisfied uh, about the work or about what they've done on the home front, they're not at their best. So just kind of put in your mind to be satisfied with what you've done on both ends because then you're going to be at your best in both ends.
3: I love the words, be satisfied. Raleigh,
4: yeah.
3: when you're listening uh, about, you know, that you were talking about the 15 to 20% mm-hmm. in terms of positivity, how do you think people um, talking to Mary Lynn about this move from this, you know, th- to the satisfied? Is there, is there research that either of you know about uh, that are grounding for this?
2: Let me mention this, then Mary that you can tell us. Mm-hmm. Going back to we both have some of the influences around neuroscience, all three of us. And this idea of changing the brain really comes from attention and focus. You know, Jeffrey Schwartz talks about that, attention and focus changes the brain. So when you're telling someone to shift to what they're satisfied with, you really are helping them change the brain, which then is affecting their emotional state. And
4: and I I do think that that could be part of the the interesting thing is Mark created this from his own head Mm. and his own experience, and it gave him peace. And it was based on, it was totally experiential, um, not research-based. And what we've found is that it just works over and over again with the people that we work with consistently.
2: And you were saying the 15 or 20% increase in performance, that's some of the research by David Rock.
4: David Rock, who's yeah. Brought
2: in a lot, who's brought in a lot of the neuroscience into the current uh, focus.
4: Right, exactly.
2: Mm-hmm. Is, there, is there another... Will you want to share with us? We have a little, you know, probably just another...
4: Uh, well, I, yes, and, and um, what we, we look at things from we all have an operating framework. That's the internal operation of us, and our operating framework leads to our behavior, and we all ha- approach things a certain way. So everyone has an approach, and you want to look at what's my approach, and basically we will ask people how much of your time at work do you end up fixing problems? And they'll raise their hand 50% of the time, 60% of the time, etc., 70% of the time. So people end up fixing lots of problems at work and at home and in relationships. So the, the thing is that the, the energy that goes into fixing is based on there's something wrong and I have to fix it. Mm-hmm. Instead of fixing the problem, what we have people do is uh, focus on creating So the tool is create, don't fix. Create what it would look like if it was really working perfectly. Mm -hmm. So before you go in to fix something, create in your mind and with other people, what would this relationship look like if it was really working perfectly? What would this process look like if it was really working perfectly? What would all the moving parts look like? So we have people get very clear about creating versus fixing. Because what happens when you fix is so, you fix something that's broken, and what happens? People will tell me over and over again, it, get, it breaks somewhere else. And then you fix that, and then it breaks somewhere else. You know, try to fix a golf swing. You fix one part of it, and the other part goes off. So what you want to do is take all of the parts, and start to create in your mind and with your team, what are, what's all of the elements that are going to be operating in sync to make this work really well and then go and execute? It's a very different kind of energy. So when we engage teams in this, and whole functions, by the way, they end up doing some amazing stuff that they would not have done, and I hear it over and over again, if they hadn't focused on creating what's possible versus fixing what's
3: wrong. Oh, I love it. And I'm sure our listeners are thinking, gosh, I really want to do this. I really want to learn more about this. I first want to make sure they know how to reach you at www.achieveprograms.com. And I also want to ask you, in terms of how individuals do with this versus teams, do you have any recommendations um, for our listeners on uh kind of where they can get some some background learning on what you 're doing
4: um well i they could go to the achieve uh website um the the book is in the making, so um we don 't have a book out yet um because the shifting work is is a creative process that that uh, you know that you actually can 't find anywhere but i i i think the, if you can go to the website, we do have some white papers there um, and uh, at, at this point that 's probably what I have to offer i think I think people want to want to think about creating uh what 's possible. I think just the idea create what 's possible instead of look at what 's wrong. people at this day in this day and age are are anxious about the recession and where things are and But what they're looking at constantly is is what's wrong. Just kind of look at, you know, when it's working well, what is it going to look like? And then it helps you to move towards that spot.
3: Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. And you have been incredibly helpful as we come to a close on the 2009 year to help people think about how to create 2010. So this is fabulous. Thank you so much.
4: You're welcome. A pleasure.
2: Thank you, Mary Lynn. Thank you. And this has been Leadership Development News. Signing off now, please tune in again and hear uh, exciting information on how to be a top performer next week.